Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 58 of the PDH Pod, the one and only Magic the Gathering podcast dedicated to the total exploration of the Pauper Commander format. I am your host, Brad Drack V, and let's see what my co-hosts from the East Coast are up to. First up, the old border surge foil, Marhalt Master Dave the Alcadron Vader. How's it going? Uh, it's going really well. I, I've i gotten to play PDH the last two nights amazing uh which yeah it's really good like i and i i thought really hard so i you know i played on tuesday night with uh chris at one more game and mm-hmm. uh wolf and uh another guy whose name i can't remember right now i i enjoyed playing with with all of them it was super fun uh that's i think that's what made me the the marhalt masters <laughs> it was a pretty spectacular marhalt turn in one of those yeah, games that's, what and I then I, that's awesome i got to play wednesday night with brad and uh yeah I thought really hard about trying to message Robert on Monday night, see if I can get on his stream, but he uh he, he didn't have a stream on Monday, so Oh yeah, yeah. I checked his sign up sheet and it was there was no Monday date, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah. been spectacular. I've been playing PDH, I've been living my best life. Uh things are good. Excellent. Sounds uh wonderful. Yeah. All right, next up is our resident dean of education at Strixhaven's Ornithopter Academy. Liam, how's it going? How was the uh, the Wednesday birthday bash? It was it, it is going great. The Wednesday birthday bash. Uh, the reason we did not record on Wednesday. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm okay. I'm the reason. It was fine. It was fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Yep. Uh, make of that <laughs> what you will. But no, sounds good. Yeah, I also got to play some PDH, like Dave said last night. It was pretty nice. It was funny that the uh, so tonight's Thursday for everyone listening. I guess. Saturday. Uh, we're, we're recording on Thursday instead of Wednesday. I got to play some PDH last night. And it was funny that, like, you know, Liam popped in our little private channel. He's like, hey, I can't do Wednesday. Can we do Thursday? And we're like, yeah, sure. That's totally fine. And the first thing my mind went to was, I get to play PDH Wednesday. That's totally cool with me. Like, <laughs> just an Im- impromptu midweek pod. That's awesome. That rarely happens. And it was good times, too. Yeah. I. <laughs> I almost Gandalfed everyone. I was so close. Oh, you were, you were like a turn or two away. <laughs> to think I was one turn away. <laughs> I had it. I had all the pieces I need. Yep. The birds got you. Yep. One turn from Two Greece. in the air from the birds. That's all it took. Yep. <sighs> all right. Well, I think we can get on to some housekeeping before the main topic. So uh, like normal, if you like the show and you like what we're doing here and you want to support us, uh, check us out over on Patreon, patreon.com slash thepdhpod. By being a patron, you get access to the pre-show, which tonight was like an hour and 20 minutes, so that's a heck of a pre-show. Uh, I usually, this part is where I say it's usually a short recording each week, but this was a uh, pretty decent-sized pre-show. Uh, so it's basically like a, a whole new episode every single week just for you. You also get early access to the episode before it goes live, and the uh, I post the show notes there as well, so you can sort of follow along with what we're talking about. And then finally, as a patron, you get access to the PDH Pod Discord, where you can uh, hop in, chat with us, get help with your decks, all that good stuff. Great conversations all around. And patrons get their own super secret channels, too, so that's that's pretty fun. And then uh, lastly, we are uh, the PDH Pod on YouTube and on Twitch, and the latter there is where I stream Spelltable every Saturday and some random Wednesdays, apparently. So... Uh, yeah, check that. Check us out over on those platforms as well. So uh, with that out of the way, do we got any This Week in Magic, Liam? 
we do have a little bit of This Week in Magic. Uh, this Week in Magic was Commander Master spoilers. So since we talked last, there have been exactly three downshifts to common, six downshifts to mm-hmm. uncommon, with a few new arts in there. More on that later, in particular next yeah. week, when we do a set review. But we have not seen the common drop as of this point. Yeah, so, which is kind of frustrating. <laughs> yeah, kind of a little yep. bit. You know, they, they, they talk about wanting to simplify spoiler season, but then they do the main set common drop after they spoil the decks, which they put into a whole different week from the main set. I don't get it either, yeah. guys. Yeah, that was a um, little confusing. Yeah. And then uh, about three hours ago from, like, recording, uh, Watsi put up a article on their website uh, talking about releasing new not-tournament-legal playtest cards through maybe secret layers, maybe set boosters. It's kind of unclear. Yeah, very vague. Uh, the article features a playtest counter spell that says it is a secret layer playtest card, which makes me think that it's going to be distributed through secret layers because why would secret layers need playtest yeah, cards? Yeah, exactly. They don't. It features alpha artwork, which has people speculating that they might use this as another avenue to get around the reserved list. The thing that concerns me the most isn't that it's like a a new formatting on playtest cards um, or that, you know, they they are legitimizing the actual playtest cards they use in-house because when those cards kind of leak through the walls and get into the general population, they tend to be very, very expensive. That's not what bugs me. What bugs me is the giant... Uh, security stamp they put on it. That right there in the uh, in the huge, rules box. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not that it's ugly because there are people that they're like, oh my gosh, it's so ugly. I'm like, I I don't care. What bugs me about it is it doesn't look to be affixed very well, which you know tells counterfeiters to have a field day <laughs> with it. Hopefully, these are so rare that that doesn't matter because you could probably punch out uh, on the image they gave us probably about ten stamps yep. with that. And ideally, the card is so expensive to obtain that counterfeiting 10 of anything isn't going to make your money right. back. Um, but, like, it's, it does not look affixed very well. And that, that, yeah, just sort me. of slapped on there. Which I get that they have to do it because if they're going to start releasing playtest cards, like, they, they need to do yeah, that. Yeah. But maybe not like a huge strip like that. You yeah, know? it's gigantic. It's huge. But yeah, it's interesting. It's, uh, I don't know how to feel about it yet. It's the, the the card in the image, the counterspell is kind of ugly, but kind of like almost cool ugly. I don't really know how to how to feel about it. But yeah, you're yeah, right. It's I, it's stamped secret layer playtest, January fourth, twenty twenty three, secret layer, yada yada yada. So uh, a lot yeah. of speculation. And it literally the the article was like three small paragraphs and like it was no big deal. Like, oh, that's it. Don't worry about what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um I I don't know that they would make it into the current round of secret layers just because they've been up for a couple weeks mm-hmm. at this point and people should start receiving them soon, which, you know, maybe it is going to be in the current round of secret layers, but I, I think they'll be in the next one, the, the next super drop that starts sometime in sure. September. Now, do you think these will be like a, the bonus card that you get in secret layers? Like they wouldn't, oh, yeah, they absolutely. wouldn't do like a whole yeah, secret they're, layer they're, of these playtest cards. No, okay. no, 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 no. So there's the list, and then there'll be like a secret layer list. <laughs> yeah, sort of. I, I I imagine these are going to be in the in the special yeah, slot. For sure. Right on, right on. Yeah. So that's all good stuff coming up next week's be our uh, set review episode. But now we're gonna get on to the main topic here. 
in our never-ending quest to understand all the different archetypes and all the different strategies we have in Popper Commander. We're going to continue our fan favorite, uh, at least I think it's a fan favorite, I'm not really totally sure, uh, our 3 by 3 series, and we're going to talk about group hug decks. This was actually, Liam, if I'm not wrong, this was a patron request, right? A, a suggestion? This was a patron requested awesome. one. So, patrons, even though you requested this eight months ago, <laughs> I'm sorry. Here you go. <laughs> this is where this is where it yep. fit in. Like like literally from the the moment that I I think it was Brownie, it might have been Scooby Drew, uh, requested this. Uh, I I put it in my brain, and then I want to say Bill requested it a couple weeks later, and they they both like I don't I I. Yeah, so, so someone else requested it a couple weeks later uh, in the Patreon chat. And then I was like, okay, this is serious. I have to find a way to put this in. And I looked, and we had 3x3s and 4x4s literally scheduled out till July. Uh-huh. Yep. And I want to say I put this on the schedule like in February Yeah, it's been, it's been sitting so, there like, for a while. It's finally, <laughs> it's finally <Yep>. here. <laughs> Yeah, cool yeah. So uh, if you're new to our 3x3 and sometimes 4x4 format, uh, it's kind of where we, just, we as a group, we pick an archetype and then we choose different commanders that fit that archetype. You know, we like the, uh, this idea, the, this approach, because we feel like it helps to give all the listeners out there a little bit of insight to these strategies that are possible and see how our different play styles can lead to usually drastically different types of decks so we've done quite a few so far if you haven't listened to them before go back and check them out um now if you're generally just like a berserk tier face smashing maniac you may not know what group hug decks do or what they are uh basically the tldr is the group hug decks aim to benefit every player at the table they're usually specifically built to distribute resources and card advantage to advance the other player's game plans as well as your own. Uh, many times these decks can be very political because some players actually want to keep you alive. Like they enjoy the cards you're giving them. They enjoy the maybe free mana or free creatures or treasure tokens or what have you. Um, now I don't, I, I've been known to play a group hug deck every now and then. I, are are pillow fort decks the same thing, or is that like an EDH thing? What are what are pillow fort decks? Very uh, different. They they are not the same okay. thing. Um, Very different. Okay. So group group hug is actively progressing the game because you are giving everyone resources, whether it's cards, uh, infrequently mana, uh, creature tokens. You you are you are actively progressing the game because you are giving everyone resources at an accelerated rate than okay. normal. Good way to put it. Uh. Pillow Fort is exactly what it sounds. You are total shelling yourself. You are sort of kind of using stacks pieces. Uh, I guess that would the the pieces you're using are going to be the uh, the 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 cards that tend to get lumped into stacks by uh, non affluent players, but more <laughs> affluent players will will recognize they are not in fact stacks. Uh, so probably looking at things like Ghostly Prison where you are just protecting yourself at all costs. You're not stopping your opponents from doing anything, you know, other than the occasional counterspell here or there. You're not hard control. You're not trying to lock down their resources. You are just trying to build a big enough protective wall around yourself that you can build up whatever army or wait for whatever combo you need to wait for to win the game. Oh, okay. That makes sense. All right. So you are building a fort out of pillars. Like the, the 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 entire reason for him to play any game of magic was so that he could assemble some kind of like Avacyn. The Avacyn that gave all of his permanents indestructible. 
and he wanted the enchantment uh-huh. that gave all of his enchantments <laughs> hexproof, and he wanted the thing that turned all of his enchantments oh, or all yep. of his permanents into enchantments, so that every single permanent he had was indestructible <laughs> and hexproof. And then he wanted like worship, so that like his mm-hmm. life total couldn't drop below zero. And then he wanted like you know ghostly sure. prisons so that he couldn't be attacked and like that. That was the only thing he ever wanted to do in Magic, was just <laughs> turtle up and like see if he could become immune to everything. And I I built entire decks just to force him to attack. Like I I built Fantas the Warweaver <laughs> so that I could make uh-huh. him turn cards sideways. And he hates Thantis more than anything else Beautiful. in the world. It's you should introduce him to some of the more goad commandos. Yeah, yeah, right. I just put a bunch of goad cards into Thantis. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Pillow Fort and uh, Group are very different. Very different. Okay, well, that makes sense. I, thanks for uh, thanks for I the think clarification. Of, uh, I almost pillow forted last night. I had that Norika game, where like I had I had uh-huh. Norika with Pro Red. Which was holding off all yes. of um, all of Wales' stuff, and I had the Circle of Protection yeah, of White, yeah, which was holding board. off your entire board. Like, I think of Norica as Pillowfort-ish. I run all the runes of protection. I run so many protection spells so that I can like I'm only ever attacking with one creature. Like by the by the nature of the deck, like Norica is Pillowfort. It's the the only thing in PDH that I've ever built that comes close to Pillowforting. The quintessential Pillowfort deck. Yes. That makes sense. I was going to ask you if we had any examples in PDH, but yeah, that makes total sense. Because yeah, you were, and the other times I've played against you, yeah. it was sort of that same thing. You just protect her, yeah. protect no. yourself until you're ready to hit yeah. somebody for 25. And, and Norika, <laughs> like you're only ever attacking with the one creature, so you have blockers. And Norika is going to, like she has vigilance. So she's always going to be like a huge uh-huh. protection laden blocker that you just, you're going to struggle to get through her. And if you get through, like... The, yeah. the kind of cards, if, if you do come up with something that's going to get through her, like she's going to use like minimus containment over and over and over again. Like yes. she, like <laughs> she pillow forts, her pillow fort plan is like half controlly just because of the way, like she gets to reuse, you know, the minimus containment and the, the candle, candle sure, trap, sure. whatever it is. She gets to reuse all these crazy control spells that, that prevent people from attacking me. So she's right. she's more on the control side of Pillowfort than like a proper EDH Pillowfort deck would be, but she is she's the closest I've ever gotten to Pillowfort in PDH. Yeah, that makes total sense. All right, uh, before we get into the actual decks, though, I mean we can't really have a three by three episode without some pillars, right? So, Dave, do you want to walk us through the pillars? I would love to talk about some pillars. Awesome. If we're talking about group hug, the number one pillar we need to discuss here is. What are you doing that's going to group hug people? Uh, yes. Liam, Liam just told us that group hug was about advancing everyone's board state. So are you giving them cards? Are you giving them mana? Are you giving them resources? Are you doing something else? Uh, maybe you have a creature that every time it attacks, it gives them a treasure. Um, the other thing you got to keep in mind is... That'd is be this, a good card. They should that, they should print that. That would be an outstanding card. It's just going <laughs> to fix everyone's mana all game long. Make sure uh-huh. that everyone gets to do whatever they want. But the, the problem with it is, like, you know, if you give everyone a lot of mana, they're going to run out of cards in their hand. So you also uh, would need to print a yeah. card that says everyone draws a card whenever it attacks. Or blocks, need, even. Or I mean, just add it. I mean, yeah. if you want to make the card completely busted, <laughs> yeah, you can, you can give it both. Ah. Uh, but yeah, the um, 
one of the other big parts of you know hugging everyone is like are you going to hug a specific person are you going to hug the whole table all at once Mm -hmm. so like there are certain cards that will make you know give give extra resources to one player and there's like uh your temple's under an attack it's you and target opponent each draw two cards like you're very deliberately excluding some people from this benefit and there are certain cards that say each player draws um so we're going to talk about what what elements of hugging our decks are going to do then uh we're going to talk about the various and sundry different ways we're going to try and transform this hug strategy into something that'll actually win the game uh yeah. it is possible to build a deck whose only goal is to hug everyone and then lose and die <laughs> i've seen decks that do that they're beautiful and i appreciate them none of our decks are about that our decks right. want to hug for people for a little while and then still try to win afterwards so we're going to talk about how we're going to try and leverage this hugging into an advantage for ourselves that might might end with the game for us yep and then pillars number three and four are as always how to not run out of gas and how to not die so yep self-explanatory uh, those are our staples Yep, we want to still be doing, still have impactful game actions in the late game. Doesn't have to be continuing to cast spells. Maybe it's you've got mana sinks you're using, but you got to be doing sure. something on turn six or seven. Yeah, and uh, you got to be alive on turn six and seven. Yeah, I mean, typically, from my experience, these uh, these group hug decks will take a game into the later turns, so mm -hmm. need to be prepared for that. Well, yeah, right yeah. on. Do you want to... Uh, I think we should get into some deck intros and then we'll hit those pillars. What do you think? I'm yeah, that sounds it. great. Who's going first? Well, well hold yeah, on. Who is Before going we first? go first. Oh, okay. Who's the Yargle tonight? I... Before we introduce, before we introduce the, the decks and the commanders themselves, who is the Yargle? Or are we I... all the Yargle? Because this isn't your typical play strategy. I think group hug as an archetype is the Yargle. That's kind of where I'm falling. That's where I'm landing on it too. Yeah, we're t tonight. We are we are all because, all yard because let's combat. be real. I mean, it's While just flavor, right? is a great strategy, granting additional resources to your opponents isn't the typical way to go about winning a game. <laughs> Lots of people think it's actively a bad maneuver. Yeah, some people I'm like they're wrong, but like they think that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So yeah, I think it's very flavorful that. Everyone's a Yargle in the group hug. There you go. Universe. All right. Who is introing first? There's always something like when we go through the uh, pre-show, we spend like an hour, hour and a half or whatever in the pre-show, making show notes, talking about show notes, organizing the show notes. And there's always something we leave out <laughs> of <laughs> the preparation step here. Hashtag professionals. Hashtag professional podcasters. Uh, I think I think Brad and I talked a lot in the last five minutes. I think I think maybe Liam should go first. I also think Let's, Liam has what might be the quintessential I was about to say, yeah. hug. Um, yeah, like the Yargle with the capital Y. Yeah, like of all of all of our Yargleness, like I think <laughs> Liam is the most Yargle. Sure. All right. Let's do it. So the deck that I have brought is a Pals meta favorite. It is a monocolor deck coming to you all the way from the Jeskai Temples, from Fate Reforged. Humble Defector is a creature. It is two mana for a 2-1 human rogue. You tap it to draw two cards. Target opponent gain controls of Humble Defector. 
and you can activate this ability only during your turn. This is a fantastic group hug commander because it is giving card advantage to the whole table. You play it, yeah. you know, probably giving it haste, the turn it comes down, but in the event you don't, you know, you wait a turn cycle, no one's going to kill it because it gives them free cards. Why does it... Yeah, why is it give them free cards? cards? Well, yep. let's say I, you know, I'm first in turn order. I, I play it. I give it haste. I tap it. Draw two cards. I give it to player B in turn order. It becomes player B's turn. They tap it and draw two cards. They give it to player C. Player C's turn. They tap it and draw two cards. They give it to player D. On player's D turn, they return it to me, and everyone gets to draw two cards. And here's the thing, you know, everyone's drawing two cards. Everyone plays fair. In the event that someone doesn't want to play fair, well. We'll just talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> Ominous. I love it. I never realized it was a human oh, yeah. rogue in mono red. It, That's cool. I like that. I like it that had the perfect artwork in every single printing up until about a month ago when they printed it in the Lord of the Rings commander decks and gave it an awful new artwork. I I, I don't yeah, know who's saying. in that artwork or what it's, what it's supposed to be, but the artwork was already perfect. So I don't, I don't know why they gave a new artwork. Yeah, it was great. Like it was yeah. very iconic. The new artwork is supposed to be an Easterling, one of the humans from uh, Sar Sauron's evil army, evil ally army, defecting mm -hmm. the, the side of Gondor. I feel like this isn't the first time we brought up an art, a piece of art on a card from the Lord of the Rings set that just <laughs> sort of missed for us. Hmm. Interesting. All right, who's next? I don't know who's next. I, I can go next if you're asking. Sure. Uh, I... And bringing to you the Demir flavor of Group Hug. Uh, this is a deck that I built uh, four years ago. <laughs> when I was I was staring at my collection of decks, I was looking at specifically at my Demir decks, and I'm thinking, man, I love Marshcroc on paper, but I'm about right. to go visit the pals, and like <laughs> that's not gonna fly. I need to have a Demir deck that like the pals can like enjoy and appreciate and yeah. i found vampire charm seeker which uh i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you that it costs eight mana and you're gonna be like that's nuts that and is nuts dave it's eight yeah eight is the printed mana cost but it has oh. assist this is one of those weird cards from battle bond uh-huh uh, assist means that another player can help you cast the spell they can spend their mana wait, wait, wait. towards your cast. So, so you're not helping them. They're helping you. Right. But then there's, there's more. more. Okay. Eight mana with assist. So ideally, hopefully, in, in all things being equal, you're going to pay four mana for this and someone else is going to pay four mana for sure. it as well. Yeah. Uh, you're going to get a three, four flyer. That seems like a bad rate. With the ability... <laughs> When it comes into the when it enters the battlefield, you can return target instant sorcery or creature from any graveyard to its owner's hand. Ah, uh, so you're you're hoping that someone pays four mana. That way you get a four mana three four flyer and they get four mana of a ton of thing to their hand. They I'm gonna put their mana geyser back into their hand, yes. Yes, or they're Gary or not Gary. <laughs> Never oh. Gary. <laughs> I hate Gary. I love that's, that's I love Mana Geyser. Uh, I will <laughs> I will put Mana Geyser back in your hand all day long. I'll put. Uh, I think the first time I played this deck for the pals, I put Mana Geyser into the hand of the Sir Kara player, John, Beautiful. like twice. Spicy. And then like 
the 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 following week like after i had left i left this deck with them and they were playing mm -hmm. with it more I, there was a game where uh i think jeremy used the charm seeker the, the charm seeker to put dash hopes back into like sniff hand like four oh, no. times <laughs> <laughs> like just every single turn recast the charm seeker keep up double black so you can cast dash hopes again that oh dash God. hopes did like 25 damage oh i bet I it bet. was out of control and i loved every second of it so i tried to make this very group hug ish i like i found like well i, I should say i i tried to split this kind of equally between group hug and group slug Sure. So, like, sure. there's a lot of cards that are like, you know, everyone draws, you know, like vision scans, that sort of thing. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be hugging people just to, to, to ingratiate myself to them so that they help me pay for Charm Seeker and I can give them stuff back. Uh, but then it's also like, there's a bunch of like, each player loses life and each player mills and each player, yeah, uh, well, does that is something demure. else that's bad. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'm gonna try to recycle all those things and just have a game where. Whatever I do, everyone it happens to everyone. Awesome. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. All right, I guess that makes me last. Well, Liam had a sweet mono-red human rogue. Dave had awesome vampire wizard in Demir. I have a Selesnia elemental. Wait, are, it is, are we representing all the colors equally? We're representing all colors. Oh my god, equally? we certainly are. This Look is the that. first time for that. This is 100% the first time. That. time. That was not planned at all actually. That works out that awesome for a group 100% hug episode. Unintentional. <laughs> this is this is a this is a rainbow group hug episode. This is our Look at that. Pride month. Is it Pride month? I don't know. Uh, that was it is in our studios. Okay. <laughs> I'm not actually sure. I think that was last month. I, I should know when Pride month. It's is. it's Oh, <laughs> uh, we missed it. Oh well. Uh, that's fine. All right. Well, uh, Woodvine Elemental is from Conspiracy, from Original Conspiracy. That's the only printing it's had. It is a 4-4 it four, four for 6 mana. Eh, it's not great. But it has Trample, and it has one of the most fun keywords in the game, in my opinion. It has Parlay. So Parlay says, whenever Woodvine Elemental attacks, each player reveals the top card of his or her library. For each non-land card revealed this way, attacking creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. Then each player draws a card. That is unbelievably fun, unbelievably powerful. I Usually I have a problem brewing Selesnya decks. I have trouble with them. I can't make them do what I want them to do, um, or I can't make them fit my play style. I think one day I was just literally like searching through Scryfall for green white creatures that could possibly be a commander and i put the oracle of, you know the the word draw in there and this came up and i instantly knew like just looking at it i'd never played with it before i didn't even know it existed before because i was i was out of the game during conspiracy and i just knew it was going to be a group hug type of deck obviously it's printed right there on the card so i went to the person that seems to have a knack for building these just out of the blue and that's infamous fridge he loves he loves him a good group hug deck group slug deck all that sort of thing uh, I asked him to help me build this deck because I knew that I could handle building this commander, but there was a few different directions that it could be taken. You know, you could do tokens or you could do like an Enchantress build or Voltron, all that sort of thing. But um, 
where we and I didn't want to do any of those necessarily. Like I have Seder Enchanter and I have Voltron decks and I have token decks and all this kind of stuff. Like I wanted something a little bit different. So what we landed on was just uh, a handful of mana dorks because it, I mean it is a six mana commander that's probably going to die a couple times, and just a gigantic pile of creatures with decent evasion um, or some sort of utility or ETB effect. The the group hugginess, if you will, of this deck is written right on the commander. I mean it is just parlay. That's the hugginess of the the creature itself. Unfortunately, we only have literally a sprinkling of parlay cards at common but they're all in here you know with an ideal parlay you know you're just you're you're adding plus three plus three to your entire board you're making woodvine a seven seven trampler everybody gets to draw a card it's just one gigantic party i don't know there does there does end up being a lot of tension at the table when when woodvine is doing its thing because opponents love just drawing cards for free but they hate getting raffle stomped at the same time. So there's always like a balance of what people that, are willing to uh, that card absorb draw is not here. Free. That card draw costs <laughs> 13 life. It's, it's free. A, it's right there. You didn't have to spend any mana a, for it. It's, it's pretty it's bad free. ratio, if I'm, if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not wrong there. So. <laughs> um, but I think Fridge and I are kind of onto something with this deck, something cool. Because every time I've played it, at least one person at the table is like, that's really cool. I want to try to build it. I want to try to play it. I've never seen that creature before. I love parlay, whatever it is. you know. And as a brewer, that just sort of feels good to hear. So I've been like very uh, addicted to this deck uh, the past few months, and it's treated me well. So that's my little spiel about Woodvine Elemental. I think we can move on to some pillars. Back around to Liam. What do you got for pillar one, Liam? Yeah, so for pillow one, we are talking about like how am I hugging everyone? Well, I'm I'm giving them cards. I feel like that's that's pretty straightforward. Uh, everyone passes around my commander, and we all get cards. Cool, it's pretty fun. Um, I like cards. Yeah, so the hugs that my deck gives can and will be revoked for no funners, <laughs> people who get control of my commander and opt to not draw cards with it. If, uh, if yes. they choose to not draw cards with it, that is their prerogative, but I will be taking my commander back forcefully through I'm treason effects. Taking my effects. ball and going home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, there's there's about 10 treason effects in, in my version of the deck. There are some people that run a few more. I don't feel like you're going to need more than 10 because you have three opponents. <laughs> um, sure, sure. Even, even when you get into the late game, ideally you shouldn't need a ton of them. So, you know, hopefully uh, that gets you through the game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so if you choose to not draw cards, that's fine. Uh, I'll just take control of my commander, and we'll do the cycle again. We just won't pass it to you. Yeah, you just won't get to play anymore. You just don't get the cards anymore. Like, that's, <laughs> you know, that's fine. My deck also features the uh, multiplayer mechanics, uh, Monarch and Initiative, because I'll be real with you, once you're building a humble defector list, and you get, like, yeah, you know, I'm going to need some treason effects to regain control of my commander, uh... What next? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got about twenty cards deep, and I was like, "Wow, I'm not gonna have to make cuts to this deck. I'm gonna have to find things to add." Yeah, um, you're gonna find filler. Yeah. So, so Monarch Initiative filled about six, seven slots, which was pretty nice. Sure. Yeah. So, 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 uh, yeah. That's how my deck's hugging. I'm giving them cuts. I'm introducing Monarch, which is more cuts, and Initiative, which can be more cuts, to you know the games. Uh, and yeah, I'll just make sure everyone's having a good time. Sounds great. Uh, sounds good to me. Dave, based on the artwork, it looks like your commander gives pretty good hugs. I, like, 
legitimately, I really love the artwork on Vampire Charm Seeker. I do too. Like, I do too. There's there's maybe grand total like a dozen different cards where I've like actively sought out a super high res version of the art and saved it to my uh-huh. computer. Like Charm Seeker is one of them. Nice. Yeah, like, it's very good art. Yeah, her her face is just outstanding. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna hug. Also, like like the rest of you, I'm gonna hug with the commander. Uh, she's gonna put cards back into people's hands, like uh, mana geysers or dash hopes or whatever, whatever I think would be the most entertaining card to to watch you recycle. I'm yeah, gonna, and I I'm think gonna... I'll stop you there. Sorry for the interruption, but I think okay. that's sort of the key here too is the card that you think is going to be the most entertaining right like, which is I think why it's a very good Gary. distinction yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh true yeah. true 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 I've, I've i'm i'm honestly taking gary like out of a bunch of my decks i think it's like it was it was fun for a hot minute but now it's just like like gary's in this place in my head now where like i'll be really enjoying a game and someone will be like and here's gary game over and we'll be like oh that was stupid i hate that card like <laughs> yep. i'm just I'm, I'm over gary it's it's coming out of most of my decks at this point nice but yeah so the other ways i'm gonna hug are uh blue has a bunch of cool like each player draws effects mm-hmm. that are very huggy like vision skeins is just a two mana instant each player draws two cards uh, Words of Wisdom from way back in Odyssey is almost the same. You draw two oh. cards, each other player draws one. I it's, love that card. It's a Clockwork Fox on a two-meta instant. Yes, um, yes, exactly. Clockwork Fox is also a Clockwork Fox. <laughs> you draw two <laughs> cards, each opponent draws one. Uh, Huddle Up, I think, is a really fascinating use of this whole um, assist mechanic. Mm-hmm. Huddle Up is a three-mana sorcery with assist that says two target players each draw a card so you can pretty reliably get someone to pay two mana for it so you just have to deliver the blue and someone else will pay the two and they get a free card and you just get to cantrip off your huddle up and that's that's super fun yep so yeah doing a lot of the doing a lot of just like uh symmetrical card draw stuff like that um Mm -hmm. i think my favorite card draw spell in the deck is soldevi sentry is a one mana one one from alliances Ooh, where yeah you can regenerate it for a single mana and then target opponent draws a card yes okay which i i think is super cool i love just like it's like hey you want a card here you right, go one mana. just Bam. pass passing out free cards to like whoever yeah. you want so this this is an example i think of like you know when you want to really target one person with the hugginess like you can you, when you cast vision skeins everyone draws the card even if one person is like kind of being a bully like yeah. like Liam is talking about how he's going to you know if everyone plays nice then everyone gets the hard draw off humble but if right. someone is you know being rude about it then you skip them like so levy is a great way to like really direct the hug towards one player or another yeah like hug um, them a little harder yeah another one of my absolute favorite pieces of hugginess in this game is another card weirdly also from alliances called benthic explorers which is a blue four mana two four mana dork what that mana dorks in a really bizarre way the mana dork of this four mana two four blue merfolk is you can tap this creature to untap target tapped land and opponent controls and you get to add one of that land's mana colors to your own pool see that's so cool it's really cool and like 
if you're trying to do assist shenanigans, like with the Charm Seeker, mm-hmm. like there's lots of times where someone is like, oh, I want to help you, but I tapped all my mana. Oh, you yeah, get... sorry, man. I can't pay for that, uh, whatever, huddle up. Right? You can be like, well, what if I untap your Azorius Chancery? <laughs> like, can you help me now? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, if you if you untap my Chancery, I'll give you two mana. And you're like, dope. So like, 100%. In these situations, Benthic Explorers effectively taps for three mana to mm-hmm. pay for your own assist spells. And this deck has a couple assist spells that it loves to cast. So, uh, And like, you can also, if you're not actively casting an assist spell, you can just give people mana with it. Like, it's sure. super fun yeah, to yeah. play around with. You can like, you know, make people owe you favors. It's, the politickings with Benthic Explorers is super fun. That seems super fun. I, I completely 100% forgot about this card. Yeah, I mean, it's, so it's cool. a really niche, bizarre card from, you know, 27 years ago so like it's understandable that people forgot about it i actually i forgot about it when i first built the deck but i was i was lucky enough to be like putting the cards together for the deck while i was like visiting my parents house and just digging through an old pile of bulk and i was like wait a second this card would be amazing now Uh i have to find a cut so yeah those are some of the ways that i'm gonna hug uh i'm also gonna hug with monarch initiative um exhume i think is really fun that is a very like cool approach to group hug yeah i like it yeah so the the charm seeker puts cards from graveyards into hands and to facilitate that i've got a handful of each player mills cards in the deck just so i can Mm -hmm. make sure the graveyards are full and i have good targets and if i'm filling up people's graveyards with their own cards from their deck then exhume is just gonna get the party started uh it Mm -hmm. lets each player put a creature from the graveyard directly into play yep that's my hug maneuver how are how are you going to hug people with a Woodvine Elemental bread? <laughs> very, uh, very easily, very simply, very uh, short and sweet. Like, I, I'm just going to parlay. I mean, that's it. That, that's that's the tweet. That's it. I'm going to parlay. I, I guess I suppose <laughs> that's the tweet. Uh, I suppose that like Borderland Explorer, I got that in here. You know, that's I've always it's always been a pet card of mine that like never was really like super comfortable having that in a deck but it seems perfectly fine here it's a two mana three one uh originally from conspiracy take the crown and when it etbs each player can discard a card and for every player that discarded the card this way they can search their library for a basic land card and put it in their hand like that seems huggy to me i, I like I it i love borderland explorer it's such I, a i do too i do too. such an aggressive i feel like a lot of people get hung up on the symmetricalness of its effect and they kind of assume that the symmetricalness means it's sort of bad right. and they forget that you just get a beater out of it as well like it fixes your mana, mana th- three one <laughs> yeah it's an all-star in marhalt l's dragon like yeah and it's an elf if if you need that synergy like there's yeah. just a lot of stuff going on here it's really cool it's it's a lot better than i think a lot of people give it credit for so yeah, I'm using Parlay, Borderland Explorer. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, I have Your Temple is under attack. I don't know if I've ever made my creatures indestructible. It is almost always just, hey, you want to draw some cards with me? Like, let's go. You know, it's in instant speed, three mana. It's just, it's amazing. That's the one reason you can't find it anywhere. Like, you have to order it online. Like, the LGS has none of them. Like, yeah. People don't have any extra ones. Like, it's just that good. So... Uh, I think those two qualify as huggish, but Parlay really here like takes the torch on the whole group hugginess because even if you reveal a non-land card and I don't get the I don't get the plus one plus one buff, you still get to draw that card. You know what I mean? Or if you reveal a land card, sorry, you still get to draw. It's not like you don't get to draw if you reveal a land or what have you. So regardless, everyone's going to draw a card, and you know, 
that's really it. I I don't have any monarch in here, but I do have uh, initiative. I do have um, I think just avenging hunter. Um, but yeah, that's really it. And because my the the parlay triggers on combat, you can pretty much count on woodvine elemental being in play all the time in the red zone as much as possible. So everybody's going to be drawing cards or at least a card as much as possible every turn probably. So that's how I'm hugging. I'm just hugging through uh, parlay. Pretty straightforward. I like it. I mean, yeah. I like it in theory. The part where, like, <laughs> your hugs cost me 11 life, seven of which is commander damage. Those, <laughs> it's pretty rough, but, I mean. Yeah, it any, adds up. Anything to draw a card, right? Yeah, hey, that's right, that's right. Yeah. If it's, if it's only 13 damage, I can pay that twice. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need some cards, man. Yeah. Beautiful. All right, Liam, how are you going to turn those hugs into some violence? So, the way I'm turning hugs into violence is the very classic mono-red way. My deck happens to feature a lot of non-creature spells because I have uh, all the, the treason and, and mutiny effects that, that are in the deck, but also mm-hmm. just a decent chunk of removal uh, and a large, uh, healthy amount of mana rocks for the next thing I want to talk about. Uh, but all of these are non-creature spells. And red has a couple of ways to pay off for non-creature spells uh, by slinging damage around with uh, Firebrand Archer and Kessig Flame Breather, and in Thermo Alchemist in the case of Instants and Sorceries. So sure. ideally, I'm using all the spells that I use to fill the deck that are like removal effects for just things that become problems, or you know other card draw effects to keep myself ahead of the curve. You know These things are going to be paying off the classic red way with just incidental damage to keep the life totals moving. I also, uh, as, I, as I mentioned, uh, I have about 10 it might i think it might be around 12 mana rocks in the deck uh which Mm -hmm. seems like a lot but i had to fill out more slots so i decided that (laughs) i'm just gonna ramp out into a bunch of big dudes to swing with you know i already had the crown hunter hireling which gives the monarch and the staunch throne guard which also gives the monarch uh oliphant from lord of the ring sets in there because it's uh you know helping fix up the land base a little bit and i was just like you know what I, I could fill out this deck with just a bunch of just big beaters because I'm drawing a lot you, of cards. You absolutely did. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I the deck runs a little bit of a lower land count than I typically do at 34 lands plus the Oliphant. So it's a little lower than I typically do, but I'm also running, you know, 10 to 12 mana rocks, so it's probably fine. I'm just going to hope to slap down as many of these uh, larger creatures as I can at the 4 to 8 mana value range just go to town sure and yeah so so that's how the deck is is hoping to to progress and and turn the the hugs into violence by turning all the extra cards in my hand into threats and when i was picking the threats for this deck you know people people might look at this this list and you know see see certain things like the hireling and the throne guards like yeah those give monarch and the oliphant is like yeah that's a way to to fix the lands early in the game but then you might see things like Blitz Automaton and Wrecking Crew and Mishra's Juggernaut. You're probably like, why are these in here? <laughs> I'll be real with you. When I was picking like the other five to six big threats to put in the deck, I went through uh, my, my little side list of cards that always seem to make it into initial deck lists and then always get cut because they're just, they're just not good enough. For, yep. you, know, they, they, you know, they synergize a little bit, but they don't synergize enough. Right. Sure. So all the cards that are like the hundred first, hundred second cut, uh, yeah, I I put those in this deck. So if you're if you're looking for the uh, the theme or the glue that pulls all these things together, uh, there isn't one. the The theme is these are my hundred first cards, and now they're the hundred cards, and you're going to suffer. <laughs> right. 
these are all the cards that I like that I just haven't found a good home for yet. And so this is the home. I, I love decks like that. Like I have a couple decks that are just packed full of gigantic creatures that I don't really want to you know make work in other decks because they're too expensive or the you know power toughness ratio doesn't work with their mana cost or what have you and but there's some decks that they just work perfectly in like i love them there do you yeah i like your addition oh go ahead do you run any fireballs i do not i feel like so i i want to just mention briefly that the the pals also have a humble defector deck in fact yes they they were it's like one of their signature decks. I feel like for for a long long time be- before they got this really cool stylized art of Francis, like the humble defector art was like their logo everywhere. Yep. Um, humble defector is a huge part of their meta, and their humble defector deck has a a disproportionately high win count because a lot of the pals' who to attack decision making is based like strictly on who has the most life. Mm-hmm. and so like you end up over and over again you end up with these games where like everyone is getting chunked down to like three four five six seven life at about the same time and so like if you have 20 mana and a fireball you can just kill like three people everybody or, like, <laughs> you know flame rift just ends the game if everyone is down at that life total so like yeah. the the pals is just like 20 rocks and a bunch of fireballs and you just yep. that's awesome get up to when... 20 mana and like end people when awesome. I was building the deck, I, I heavily referenced the PALS list. Uh, I opted to cut the fireball effects for more large dudes because that is how I would rather win. I respect the hell out of that. I, 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 under- yeah, I understood why the fireballs were there. It, t- it did take me a minute to, to, like, I was like, why are there so many fireballs? Like, I see the 15 mana <laughs> rocks, but why are there so many fireballs? And then it took me a minute. I was like, I, I got to the same conclusion. I was like, well, if everyone is getting down to five to ten life at the same time, this just wins the game. But to me, just winning the game out of nowhere, it's kind of a bit of a feels bad. Sure. This is a deck that I do actually uh, what very much intend to build. It's, it's not a deck that I currently have. Um, it is a deck that I'm probably going to order and build the, this list that I'm talking about now within the next month or so. Um, mm-hmm. I'll get some games in with it. If I decide that the deck does, you need that little bit of extra oomph, I'll probably add one or two effects in. But I think the Palace list has like five in it. I'm just really psyched to see Misha's Juggernaut in a in a list because, like, yeah, I right? yeah, I feel about this card like exactly what you described. Like, I've I got super excited about it when I got spoiled, and uh-huh. I like put it into a bunch of lists, and then I was like, oh, this costs so much. It's uh-huh. just too expensive for what it does and i cut it it's like card number 101 in yeah, like and, four yeah. of and my so decks like, time. like yeah, i'm like that with uh, blitz automaton molten monstrosity yeah. and blitz automaton fall into that same category and the thing that excites yeah. me is like these slots i'm just gonna like call them like flex slots where like mm-hmm. they're sure. just the sure, big sure. red beta and you know when the next Eldraine set comes out whatever the big red beater is i'm just gonna pull one out and put that yeah. in and then Ixel, yeah, whatever the yeah, big yeah. red beater is that you know i like big looks, dinosaur yeah looks great but on you know actually on paper it's terrible like just gonna slot that right in you're, for two months like yeah, I, yeah. I, I i'm excited you're making me feel some kind of way out here i need to i need to like <laughs> build a deck specifically so that i can put in all of my like 101st these cards are bad but i like them yeah <laughs> yep the 101st I to, division i need to build a second fusion elemental deck where it's just all my like, cards yes. <laughs> like, oh my god 
I love that idea. Yeah. We should each do it and then play them against each other. Let's let's go. <laughs> I do love your inclusion of spectral searchlight too. That's so that's so <laughs> yes, that was the flavor ring right there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I yeah. I don't know. I like it. I like it a lot. It's a good one. I I just added that to my list as well. I remembered it existed like fifteen minutes ago and I was like, Oh yeah, that needs to be in this deck. What's yep. awful is I could not remember the name of the card. I literally like I I knew it existed. I knew exactly what it did, but I like I'm like I had to scryfall search for it. I was like I can never remember the name of this card because I don't <laughs> play it anything. Right? Because <laughs> like 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 on paper it's a bad mana list, but in a group hug deck, it's great. It's great. It yeah, was absolutely. it was a fantastic card when it first got printed and mana burn was a thing. I bet this was a this is a rock that just pinged people when you didn't eat the mana. You're like, oh, at your end step, add a mana, take a damage, right? And it's like it's a, it's life loss as well. Like I I legitimately killed people with this mana rock in That's in fantastic. like limited, Beautiful. and now it's yeah. Oh, cool, Dave. You yeah. got some violence going on over there. I have all kinds of violence for you. All um, kinds. Can't wait. So like my actual like win condition here is things that do like symmetrical life drain i said mm -hmm. i tried to fill this deck with all the symmetrical things i could so like a lot of it is each player draws cards but i also have cards in here like each player loses three life in yes. soul cage fiend and each player takes two damage in Evancar's justice and <laughs> each player loses four life with cost account so Ugh. I'm going to just try and like bring everyone down all at once. Yep. And of these cards, I think my favorite is probably Tyrant's Choice. Oh, that's such a good I love I, that card so much. I love it cuz it does it does everything the deck wants to do. It's it's a two uh -huh. mana sorcery, so it's really cheap, and it's a voting card. So like yep. the table gets to participate in like what this card does. And their two options are each opponent sacrifices a creature or each opponent loses four life. Yep. Which is nutty. And the thing that the thing that's crazy to me about this card is that the the tie scenario, like the the if the votes are tied situation, uh -huh. is the life loss. Is the li it's a flame rift, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's a flame lift that doesn't hit you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good yeah, very it's good. It's each opponent flame <laughs> rift. So like once you get down to like a two player game. It's, it's always four mana, four life to the face. Like yeah, it doesn't the, matter what their vote is. Yeah, so, the card like, sees uh, not a lot of play in sixty card popper, but when it does, it's like everywhere, and then it's nowhere, and then it'll come back for a few months and go away. Like, yeah, it, and it's because of that too. Like you rarely in in one v one, you are rarely trying to get rid of a creature. Right, and like you're, if, just, if, you're just burning face. If you're trying to get rid of a creature, they can like effectively pay four life to counter that. Yes, exactly. So, like, yeah, it's just a two mana, it's a two mana burn face four, which is kind of awesome. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yep. yeah, uh, those are pretty much the entirety of my my violenceness. I'm gonna, I, I got Soul Cage Fiend cost account, Tyrant's Choice, and uh, the secret weapon is that the third room of the Undercity is a trap. That's, it certainly is. That's what I got. I was just thinking about gonna, that. That's how I'm going to deal damage. Yep. And I like that uh, all the, all these symmetrical effects that you were talking about, they're all life loss. They're not necessarily damage. Yeah. 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 If someone that, That's huge. someone tries to pillow fort behind a Norica, Ain't happening, I, I can punch right through that rune of protection. Yep. Oh, the other, the other funny one is Garrulous Sycophant. 
<laughs> at the beginning of your end step, if you're the monarch, each opponent loses one life and you gain one life. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was wondering if, if this card had a home. I guess it does. Yeah. Hilarious. I have I have all of the monarch cards in this deck, so it's... Uh, Are you running know. the other, like, um, Ill-Gotten Inheritance and stuff? The other Dogged Pursuit or whatever? Uh, No, actually. Okay. I just wasn't sure. Look, if yeah. you're run if you're running a group hub deck and you're not running like monarch and initiative, like the big, you know, co op mechanics, like what are you doing? Yeah. 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 Actually, I, I've been waffling back and forth whether or not to put monarch in in Woodvine. I probably should. At least one white monarch creature. I lied. I don't have all of the monarch cards in this deck. I'm sure. not running Fall from Favor. Hmm, that's fair. That's like the best one. What are you doing? I hate it. <laughs> Fair enough. I don't. Want, I don't want to take people's creatures away. I need them to have those creatures so that they can attack each other. Right. Good violence. Yeah. T tell me about your violence, Brad. Sure. I got a little bit more violence than I do uh, Pillar One there. So, how I be violencing? Basically, what I love about Woodvine's parlay is that it immediately turns its group hug into a massive combat step. Like, there's no like waiting around there's no you know looking back on previous turns and regretting your life choices there's no politicking involved like it's just draw and then i'm coming at you like that's it it's parlay ability affects the entire table i don't have to sit around wondering if oh should i have let you know player two draw those cards eight turns ago or whatever i don't need to worry about whether or not i made player one mad earlier by not including them in my hugs or what have you like no woodvine just loves everybody until it loves them to death basically so not only does it pump your board but you know uh, fridge and i we added a slew of board pumps that come on bodies like spectral hunt caller seagate banneret steadfast unicorn rocks veteran all those cool ones that you know if you're not getting enough juice off the parlay you just pump a little mana into them sink some mana in there and you can get your uh your, your anthem effects and then pretty much like once once woody is online like, like like you said earlier, Dave, this deck regularly swings for 10-plus damage every combat. Like, sometimes it swings at multiple opponents for 10 each. Like, it's just crazy. Like, you know, it's like a Troy, Troy McClure thing from The Simpsons. Like, you might remember me from such combat steps as, wait, how much damage? <laughs> and is all that actually trampling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's happening. The, the so. numbers add up so fast in that deck. It, it's crazy. Like, I play a lot of, like, you know, Thrakus and Orpheo and Vent Maul, like these commanders that do a lot of damage. But there is something about Woodvine that just, like, when you swing at a player for the second time, they're like, I'm already at 12. You're like, how did you get at 12? Like, you, you just hit me. Like, you did a combat trick and everybody hit parlay, and I'm at 12 commander damage after one combat step. I'm like, oh, <laughs> my bad. So... You're right. It just adds up super quick. And then because I, I think the big difference is, at least from my experience, piloting, piloting the deck is like when you're playing an Orpheo or a Thrakus or one of those big commanders, it's usually like the commander itself that is doing that much damage. Maybe not an Orpheo, but you know what I'm saying. Generally, when you're jamming in that much commander damage at once, it's usually the commander by itself putting all that damage in and then it's just sort of surrounded by some chumps or some mana dorks or some tokens or what have you like because of the of woodvine's um, parlay effect like you're swinging with seven seven trample from the commander but also a you know eight seven trample avenging hunter and a myriad 
you know, Tucaneers that just got plus three, plus three. Like, there's just damage coming at every single angle. Every single creature got buff. Like, it's an overrun effect, basically, for your entire board almost every combat step. And that's just enormous. As the guy on the receiving end of that enormity last night, <laughs> I can confirm. Can Those numbers confirm. are large. Yeah, they get large. They get out of hand. It's a lot of math. It's a lot, And it's surprising, too. Like, even playing the deck i'm like oh oh i guess that is eight power over there and i guess that is six in the air and i guess it is a seven seven trampler like it just gets kind of nutty pretty quick so um so much like pillar one which was the way i'm hugging that's also literally the same way i'm going to be violencing because they're almost happening at the same time you know i turn it sideways we parlay i come at you so one leads to the next and it usually turns out great for everybody, I think. Always. Every time. <laughs> Always. Every time. Yeah. Super great. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I'll pay, I'll pay 13 life to draw that card. I'm fine. <laughs> that seems like a good I rate. Need, I, mean, I, don't need, uh, I don't need to block. <laughs> oh, All right, Liam. So your commander draws cards. That seems like good gas, but uh, yeah. how are you not running out of gas otherwise? Uh, or is there otherwise? I mean, I mean, really, my commander says draw two cards, and really, my expectation is that I have it every single turn cycle. Uh, so mm-hmm. I'm not doing a whole lot else. I do run five other card, you know, in quotes, draw spells because it's red and it does wacky things. Uh, I have Ren's Resolve and Reckless Impulse, which I think many people would would say are probably two of the de facto best card draw spells in that format. Sure. We, I'm also running Electric Revelation and Cathartic Reunion, which are also pretty up there. Uh, I am running Burning Inquiry because that is a group hug spell. Uh, it's a single red mana for a sorcery <laughs> that says each player draws three cards. That, that's the most group hug thing you can possibly yeah. do. It, it really is. And, that's a good rate. And then they discard three cards at random, but we're not going to worry oh, about that. Um, okay. You know, you know, uh, it might... I feel like that's about peak group hug but i'm wondering if it could possibly be improved if like if we cut it back just a little bit like what if it was draw two cards and then discard one at random but as a as a sort of a payoff for this we stapled it to a creature so that you could flicker it you think that would be like a, a pretty good pdh card is that an actual card should, because i'm not i think you I'm should not design sure that being sarcastic or not <laughs> that's knuckle ransacker it's an actual commander <laughs> oh okay yeah you played next to it at detroit i did yeah <laughs> um, dude, look! If you think I had any idea what that card did, you were tripping or something. <laughs> I just trust it. I just trusted Sniff and to to do what needed to be done when it happened. Um, Always trust Sniff. But yeah, no, uh, no. So so I'm running a couple of card draw spells just because, like, I know there's going to be a ton cycle where someone wants to be a butt and not give it back. So I'm going to need to draw cards other ways. But I'm I'm pretty heavily relying on everyone having a fun time, you know, whatever. This is this is not a deck that I would take into a competitive setting. This is a deck that, you know, it's a bunch of friends having fun hanging out. So I'm I'm kinda banking on everyone just kind of playing along and having fun with it. Sure. So yeah, so so not really doing a whole lot beyond my commander literally says draw two cards on it. And I mean that's pretty good. I don't know, you know, you don't have to add a ton to that, so e- exactly. Oh, I know just from losing to a lot of Demir decks that those are the two colors that usually get a lot of gas. What are you doing, Dave? I have a lot of group hug elements and like vision skeins draws, you know, everyone two cards. That includes me. Sure. So here's what's super fun. 
if you Archaeomancer the Vision Skeins and then make everyone draw two cards again, everyone will love you forever. <laughs> and they probably won't even notice when you start ghostly flickering the Archaeomancer so that you can get back Vision Skeins over and over again. Right. And by the time that transitions into ghostly flickering the Charm Seeker and the Archaeomancer so that you can pull back Tyrant's Choice over and over again, <laughs> they will be completely blindsided by your turn to evil, which yeah, they shouldn't be. They're just going to be lost in their own like hugginess. Like, look what he's done for us. Like, right. Oh. Like, that's the goal. Like, yeah. as, as soon as you see Ghostly Flicker and Archaeomancer, like, the, the me saying the word vision skeins is designed completely to make you like drop your guard. Be like, sure. oh, he wants to give us cards. Like, it's a trap. Like, don't don't ever trust a guy who's ghostly flickering an archaeomancer. That is no. not yeah. no. No good will come of this. Right. That's that's my my secret evil engine in this deck for for keeping my hand full is I I do run a, a small flicker package in here with uh you know the archaeomancer mnemonic wall salvager of secrets because you get any one of those alongside the charm seeker. And now you can ghostly flicker to get back the flicker and anything else from your graveyard. Right. And that, like, th that's just, that is that's, the, that's the most effortless and brain dead way to never, ever run out of gas. <laughs> and just like, you know, when, when you're doing it to the vision skeins and the, the words of wisdom, everyone, everyone's on board. And then, if sure. you, right. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't think I would say no to that. Right. And yeah. then, uh, you know, you switch to doing that with, you know, Tyrant's Choice, Vicious Rumors. Yeah, and your opponents are like, I have 12 cards in hand. You're like, but you're dead. You're like, I have 12 <laughs> cards in hand. Right. Like, how, <laughs> how many of them are counterspells? Like, because right. <laughs> counterspell stops this once. Uh -huh. <laughs> but like, right. yeah, I don't have, I can't make this go infinite. Like, I, I sure. don't run the sure, Drake. Sure, sure. I don't run Cloud of Fairies. Like, there's no way, there's no way for this to go mana positive. But it does, like, once once that all happens, it very effortlessly becomes a way. I can just spend three mana to put any card from my graveyard into my hand. Yeah. as many times as i want right so that's uh that's the that's the real engine here yeah and, and you found a home for notion rain too that's always been a secret pet card of mine yeah i really like notion rain i i the art on it is outstanding yeah it's I, very good yeah i feels like like i love read the bones i <laughs> run read the bones in so many of my black decks because sure. scry to yeah, draw yeah. to is such a powerhouse of a an effect so when they printed in, in notion black, rain, that's just enormous yeah uh, in black it's colossal and then when they printed notion rain i was like oh my god this is better than read the bones because surveil is better than scry sure yeah and i got super excited about it and i tried to put it i was like oh, you know which demir decks can i put this into and i was like oh all of them already have better blue card draw right and i just got really <laughs> sad about it and that's uh, exactly the problem with it you got to find a very specific deck for it yeah this yeah. is this is the deck for it i got notion rain um, absolutely absolutely yeah and the art even kind of goes with the art of your commander in a certain you know like they sort yeah. of like i don't know it's a whole thing it's a very yeah. uh aesthetically pleasing deck as well it is it is aesthetically on point yeah oh i i should completely forgot the other secret tech to not run out of gas mm -hmm. in a in a deck that's already running a flicker package mm -hmm. uh i got candle keep sage <laughs> of course you do yep <laughs> that's the you, thing yeah i if you're running blue and your commander says when this enters the battlefield you i, I think you 
you're obligated to run Candle Keep Sage. Yeah, it's it's bad. Contractually, yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. I actually have a little bit more written for Pillar 3 than I did for the previous two pillars. So Yeah, tell me. The Woodvine needs a lot of gas. It is a very expensive commander. Its creature base is very expensive. So, uh, But that fuel pump is written right there on the Woodvine itself. Most of the gas is going to come from Parlay. Uh, I literally, it's so fun. I, I literally have every single card with the parlay mechanic that's in these colors in my deck. Yep. It, oh, all, all three of them. R- Rousing of Souls, Savala's Enforcers, and Woodvine itself. That's it. That's the parlay package. Um, but they're fun. They're hella fun when they come up. W- one thing I like about this deck is that as the game goes on and your opponents start to lose they start to drop off like parlay actually gets worse for you so if you're not able to um say you know it's down to you and player one if throughout the course of the game you know something was happening that kept you from beating player one down sufficiently like you did players two and three like you're gonna have a hard time closing out that game for the most part but that's where i've sort of like tried to fill the gap uh with like virtual card advantage if you will like I mentioned earlier, I don't really run the Monarch in here, but I do have Avenging Hunter for the initiative. I do have a couple white flicker spells, either for protection or to move further in the Undercity, or if I happen to gain the Monarch, because I have so many trampling creatures, getting the initiative back and getting uh, Monarch shouldn't be a problem. I have as many of the good ETB draw creatures in white and green as I could jam in here reasonably, like... So rules packmate, Lanamore Visionary, obviously Howling Golem, like we talked about earlier, Roving Harper, Spirited Companion, all that sort of stuff. Because they're just good. Like two mana for a one-one spirited companion that could possibly be a four-four later. Like, that seems good to me. I'll go ahead and uh, take that risk, if you will. Uh, I, I don't play a lot of Selesnia decks. And honestly, before I discovered Woodvine or before Fridge and I built this deck. I didn't run a lot of Selesnia decks because I had the problem of running out of gas so much. You know, Woodvine and all the all the creatures I just mentioned, you know, they pump your team. I found that there was no reason to take up spell slots with anthems or with card draw, if you will. So that actually left a lot of room to put in these value cards and these better creatures and that sort of thing. Like, there's a surprising amount of card draw in this deck. I think last night would have been my fifth or sixth time playing the deck. And I don't think that there's been one game or one turn that I've had less than two cards in hand. Like it's just every card does something. Every card replaces itself. Every card affects the board. And it's just it's loaded with card advantage is what I'm really impressed with. So there's that. Obviously, that's like the main package of keeping the tank full, if you will. Going along with the virtual card advantage or the myriad creatures that I've added in, you know, getting free attackers is awesome, especially with Woodvine's parlay ability. Toucaneers are all-stars in this deck. Uh, I also have a voting card in here, Lieutenants of the Guard, for some voting because, you know, get everybody involved sort of thing. But this one makes, it's a little pricier than Tyrant's Choice, but it makes, um, I just had it pulled up here. I haven't read it in a while. And I actually haven't cast it since I built the deck. Uh, but basically, you vote for strength or numbers. You put a plus one, plus one counter on lieutenants of the guard for each strength vote and a uh, one, one white soldier for every uh, numbers vote. So that's always fun. It's always cool to get everybody involved. Granted, it doesn't go face and it doesn't make them kill their creatures, but I still thought it was cool just to get the whole table going. 
and then other than that you know just tons of ramp um tons of ramp to keep casting these big old creatures and and paying the commander tax when woodvine inevitably dies two or three times uh like greater tanuki uh fridge actually turned me on to horizon seeker which i had never even really considered playing before because i didn't think it was that great but in a deck like this where you want to be aggro and you want to have a lot of land on the battlefield or at least in your hand so you don't miss a land drop like that seems really good to me and i don't know if um i had never played it before but it's a three mana 3-2 Human Warrior from Kaldheim with Boast. Like, I don't think I've ever played any creature with the Boast mechanic on it. But uh, for one in a green, you can search your library for a basic land card, put it into your hand, and that's if you've attacked I this turn. I love term. that guy. It's so good. Like, it's so good. So, because a lot of the, the green X decks that I play that need a lot of mana, I typically don't find myself attacking too often because i have to build up or i have to spend all you know on on my commander and then wait a turn to attack or do what have you but this is like with as aggressive of a deck as woodvine is like you can just pay the boast almost every single turn Mm -hmm. so i like that quite a bit and like i said i've never played a boast mechanic card before but this one seems uh super good so thanks big thanks to fridge for turning me onto that one and a lot of a lot of oh, the boast cards are really cool. I like them. They are cool. I remember checking them out when Kaldheim was spoiled, like just thinking of the sort of possibilities and stuff. And I don't know if they just if they were tested and they didn't pan out very well in Popper Commander. I haven't tried too many of them, but you just don't see them. Like you don't ever see anybody playing them. So, but yeah, shout out uh, another big thanks for someone turning me on to a card. Dave actually recently turned me on to Gift of the Gargantuan. Oh, that card's that, cool. It's so good in this deck. Like, basically... There's, yeah, go ahead. There's two of them now. Uh, <gasps> What's the other one? Relentless Pursuit does the exact same thing, but it puts the cards into your graveyard instead of the tucking them. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. Yeah, I mean, in, in a deck like this where, you know... Not 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 even a deck like this. Since you turned me onto this card, I've pretty much put it in every green deck that has more than, like, I don't know, a couple dozen creatures in it. Because, you know, this deck specifically, this Woodvine deck, it needs mana and it needs creatures. Like, but Gift of the Gargantuan gets you both. I mean, it's just a divination in green, basically, in a deck that's loaded with creatures and has a very uh, robust mana base. Like, you're generally not going to have a problem hitting both. So, um, I didn't know this card before you showed it to me. So, if anyone doesn't know, it's a sorcery for three mana in green. Look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a creature and or a land card from among them and put them into your hand like that's crazy powerful every time i've cast it there's usually somebody at the table that's never seen it before and they're like oh my god that's good i'm like i know right so always always a positive always feels good casting that card so and like i mentioned earlier i was able to jam a bunch of uh, card advantage card draw into this deck you know i i did the uh the moxfield highlighter earlier i have 18 cards in this deck that have the word draw on it and 12 cards that let you search your library. Like, that's roughly 30, 30 forms of card advantage, you know, and that's quite a bit for for what I feel like is a good Selesnia deck. Like, I don't build Selesnia decks that have this much card advantage in them, like, typically. Maybe that's just my style of building, but this one turned out pretty, pretty well. And overall, the deck curves out really nicely. Uh, 48 of the cards in this deck are three, or mana value three or less, so, you know, your first few turns are very productive, 
And then, you know, right about turn four and after, you know, that's when you can start double spelling. You can start casting and protecting Woodvine, sometimes as early as turn five, even though it's a six mana commander. Like, there's just so much going on. And it's really, I don't know if Fridge and I just hit the numbers right or we hit the ratios right or whatever, but it's super consistent. Um, I've never had a problem missing a land drop. I've never not cast Woodvine you know, before turn six or on turn six or what have you. So um, it seems like the uh, the not run out of gas package is, is turned out pretty well for us. But that's pretty much how I do it. I, I kind of spread it out through the whole deck, through the through the lands and the creatures and the spells and the commander itself. So there's a lot of gas. I'm just trying to uh, hold it all in one tank, I guess. I like it. You like it? I like it too. I also like not dying. Liam, how do you stay alive with the uh, defector? Yeah, uh, staying alive with the Defector is pretty straightforward. Uh, having <laughs> the bigger dudes, C-Pillar uh, okay. 2, okay. where I talked about mm-hmm. my big dudes, uh, swing faster and harder than anyone else. Uh, also, C-Pillar 2, my big dudes. Uh, and <laughs> hope I just gain some goodwill with the card draw that I'm offering people. So having, having the bigger blockers and having uh, a good time. That's how I not die. See, and to me, like that, that breakdown right there sounds like a group hug deck to me. Like yeah. it wouldn't even matter what the commander is. Like if you just told me that that's your pillar four of your deck, I'd be like, oh, well, that sounds like a fun group hug deck. Oh yeah, seems straightforward to me. <gasps> Alcadron, what's your pillar four? Uh so Soldevi Sentry mm-hmm. regenerates. Yes, yes, it is. That's. That's like 80% of my story. <laughs> uh, the Soldevi people were apparently a very generous people. Oh. They have, in addition to crafting mechanical sentries that regenerate by giving your opponents cards, they also crafted mechanical steam beasts that also regenerate and give <laughs> your opponents life. I have yeah, two regenerators yeah. in my deck. That's how I'm going to not die. Yeah, the steam beast I have in Kavu Predator. Nothing, uh, yeah nothing yeah, better yeah, than yeah, just sure. giving your opponent's life yeah oh. i i like the steam beast is a card that i like bonded to in a in a big big way in mm-hmm. 96 so i'm I'm always delighted when i can find a home for it because sure. it's a terrible card it is profound oh, yeah, yeah it but is. <laughs> i i love it a lot um it does regenerate uh so it blocks well it's a four two with regenerate that gives your opponent two life anytime it taps yep there's a little bit of removal in the deck. Uh, it's it it falls into this this pattern of I wanted all of my effects to be really symmetrical. So mm-hmm. things like flesh bag and innocent blood, where each player sacrifices a creature. Uh, Curfew is going to have each player bounce a creature, which I actually really want to do, so I can just recast the Charm Seeker. Sure. Um, Evan Carr's Justice is going to clear out nasty board states and deal two damage to each player. Uh yeah, it's very light on removal. Uh my my not dying plan is very similar to to Liam's in that I'm just gonna hope people attack elsewhere most of the time. <laughs> hope that you've uh, curried enough favor. Yeah. You yeah. if you if you put vision scans into your hand enough times, people are liable to uh be generous to you when deciding who they're gonna attack with their woodvine elemental. Yep, because <laughs> he'd be swinging. Yeah. All right, where are we at? Uh, if he's swinging, how are you not dying? 
Yeah, that that was kind of tricky. Being <laughs> a green white deck, like I don't think there's really any life gain in in this Woodvine deck at all. So the way that I try to stay alive is the same way that I win the game, and that's just literally in the red zone. Um, my J my huge creatures. If they're not tapped, which they probably should be, but if they're not tapped, they uh, provide me a wall, like this big old wall of immovable objects. And I think it was after one or two play tests of the deck, I went ahead and added spider silk armor to the deck. That made a huge difference. I've been able, I've only been able to cast it once, but I mean that card is very, very powerful, and you know that helps fill in the cracks where it'll catch a flyer here and there, and. Um, but mainly, though, like keeping me alive means keeping Woodvine Elemental alive. Like he is the engine of the deck. Sure, I have Voracious Typhon and Avenging Hunter and the Tucaneers and these creatures that can kind of jam in for damage. But like, as the game gets longer and longer, like the the Avenging Hunter is gonna die and the Tucaneers are gonna get removed and like creatures get bigger and bigger across the board, not just on my side. So I really have to keep Woodvine Elemental alive and kicking. So. I picked some of the better protection spells in green and white. Vines of Asswood, Lauren's Escape, Stave Off, Safe Passage, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, Prismatic Strands goes in just about every white deck I play. And then, honestly, like, it feels weird to say for a Selesnya deck, but the best form of protection is player removal. <laughs> so this deck needs to be yeah. extremely, extremely aggressive even though it's handing out cards to players. And one of the absolute key pieces in this deck is Great Sword of Tear. Like, I don't think yeah. it, I don't think it's any coincidence that all my victories have come with this card equipped to a creature on the battlefield. Like, it <laughs> plays such massive. a crucial road. Yeah, it's super, super powerful. It's a really great sword. It is, too. And I don't know if we did it as a community, but I, I feel like it took me a long time to catch on to the strength of this card and about the time that I started picking it up I noticed other people talking about it so I don't know if there was just like a group of us that just completely glazed over it when it came out but it you know uh, Baldur's Gate came out early last year or, you know June of last year I don't think I started playing the great sword until like 2023 honestly like it just never occurred to me I wasn't a huge fan of equipment like but then I think I lost to it once and i was like oh my oh i think i actually lost to it from freaking uh vigilance Robert's vigilance commander oh yeah the heat bonder or what have you and i was like oh my god that is crazy powerful and since then it's just gone in most decks that have white mana and creatures <laughs> so but is it, it is super sure. powerful so basically i'm just hoping that my creatures keep me alive and that I can tap down the biggest threats and come at them. That's really about it. I, I have some protection spells, but I don't have any way to get them back in case I burn them or use them or multiple players are trying to kill me. So um, really, it's just a uh, big, beefy boy, creature, heavy deck. And so far, so good. I like it. Perfect. Look at us professional podcasters. We, we got are, through that pretty quick. We are flying through these pillars. We are flying through them. We are so good at this job. Uh, so if, are we going to we gonna do little wrap-ups on our deck? Uh, yeah. And then, I, and I then we do should. we have... Does that mean we have time for listener questions? <gasps> do we? Probably. Ooh. I'll go find them real quick. Yeah, why don't you give us a wrap-up, Dave, while Liam goes, uh, goes into the queue and see what we got. Yeah, I... 
I just really enjoy the the thing that draws me to the charm seeker the thing i really enjoy is being really sort of selective about the group hugging like you hit the vision skeins and everyone everyone loves you uh and then like you know with the charm seeker you can be very specific about who you're giving the goodies to uh-huh which i think is super fun uh yeah it seems super fun yeah you can you can just like you know if if one player at the table is just repeatedly cracking your skull open with a woodvine elemental you can like be sure to not give them back their avenging hunter you can give <laughs> another player back his dash hopes over and over again so that he can counter yeah. right not so that he can not counter the avenging hunter and just make woodvine elemental lose five life repeatedly i yep. think it's i think it's hilarious i think it's just uh a, a good time for everyone um <laughs> When Sounds I have won cool. games with it, it's been off of flicker loops with Tyrant's Choice, which sure, I don't, sure, I sure. don't feel great about. But like, but uh, you know, it's the game's got to end sometime. Right. It's such a weird, <laughs> bizarre stretch to try and hit that. That I, I'm, I'm super okay with that being right. the deck's only meaningful win con. Sure. Uh, and I, you know, honestly, playing against it, I would rather lose to that than just like a capsize lock. Or what right. have you, you know, which you could totally run. It would fit in the deck, but I would rather lose to a, a you know, twenty tyrants' choices or whatever. And, and it's also worth noting that the tyrants' choice loops only works when it's down to two players. So like, yeah, 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 yeah for to, sure. <laughs> you have to get one of the players to kill two other players, and then and then you can shank them in the kidneys from behind and betray yep. them. Uh, but like it doesn't it doesn't work until they've done the rest of your dirty work for you, which I think is really on point yeah <laughs> so uh yeah it's tons of fun for me it's very very pals meta yeah excellent uh, overall i think i'm pretty happy with woodvine it's super fun um i was just thinking about this while you were giving your your sort of overview your wrap up on on your deck there dave like i i must be more like subconsciously excited about woodvine than i thought because like i don't often just like run in and start the show notes and type up a page and a half or two pages on my deck and all the pillars and all this other stuff when we do a three by three like sure i'll put all my information in there but it's like as we're doing the pre-show and fill it in here and there maybe over lunch you know during work or what have you but like i got up early started the you know started the show notes filled out all this stuff i'm super excited about it like it's just a really really fun deck and i think honestly that like I know, like, on theme, we're all the Yargle this week, but I feel like if there was an actual Yargle, it would probably be Woodvine, because it's not really a group hug deck. I just tried to, like, jam it into this topic because it draws everybody cards. <laughs> There's no, like it's absolutely a group hug deck. You can, you can ask Deej. Deej knows. Okay, perfect. I will accept that 100%. And it's just, like, I, I, I'm happy that I was... I got to brew a at least semi-successful Selesnya deck. I thought that was going to be one of the color guilds that I just gave up on, unless it was Seder Enchanter or Lulu something, just because I'm generally bad at brewing Selesnya that's not tokens, I guess. So I'm super happy with how the deck performs. It's really fun, and it kind of does everything that I want it to do. It draws cards without any hoops. You know, you don't have to jump through any hoops. There's nothing crazy going on. And the effect that you get from the parlay mechanic is instantaneous. It's not like 
a delayed reaction or anything like that, or at the end of your turn or the beginning of your next upkeep or what have you, you know, whatever ripple effect, you know, some spells cause. This is just like, boom, draw a card and then go to combat, like deal damage. Like, that's all I want to do. I want to draw cards and deal damage. And it's fantastic. Like, this is one of those decks. I think we've talked about it maybe on the last episode, but I know we've talked about it in our Discord. Is like, it's one of these decks that, like, I'm totally cool if I lose a game playing Woodvine Elemental because I can guarantee that this deck is consistent enough that I will be able to do the thing at least three or four times, even if you kill me. Like, I'm going to bash somebody. I'm going to draw a bunch of cards. I'm going to get through, you know, play around in the Undercity. I'm going to do all this crazy stuff. What more and if do you I, want from a game of Magic? That's what I'm saying. That's, and that's what it feels like to me when I play this deck. It's so much fun. It does a little bit of everything, and I'm just I'm I'm super happy with it. So... I will stop my my gushing on the wood vine and uh, see if uh, Liam's got a little uh, wrap up on the defector. Yeah, uh, I don't have a terribly huge wrap up on the defector. Um, the defector is—I don't want to say this part because it's going to be part of the listener question. But the the defector is a deck <laughs> that I've always liked. I've always enjoyed the playstyle, uh, and it's something that I just needed to sit down and, and build. Uh, and while it's something sure. I've never played with, I've seen plenty of PALS games with the Defector. I know how it plays. I know what it's doing. Um, I know what its goals are. And that's just something that, you know, while I might not want every game to be like that, I absolutely mm-hmm. do want a, a decent amount of games to be like that. So, yeah, just building a super casual, super fun, super dorky deck, you know, I'm here for it. That's what Defector gives me. Perfect. Also, it's a great answer as well. It's mono-red, so you can't get better than that. Right. I mean, it's just uh, mono-red. Awesome. Well, I think we do have time for a little bit of a listener question. Uh, what do we got this week, Liam? Where, was this in the queue or was this in the, the Discord? Uh, this was in the question bank. Uh, awesome. So from Scooby Drew, our devoted listener, uh, <laughs> what are some commandos that you want to make work but just have not had the time to brew up something or even make them work uh i'll go ahead and start with this as i as i was talking um humble humble defector is actually one of those decks um like i said i've 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 seen it played on the pals a ton uh i like where their deck goes i do Mm -hmm. not necessarily like the way that it tends to end games like dave was saying earlier with the disproportionately high win rate because of fireballs I'm okay right. if my decks have a disproportionately high losing rate. Like, that's perfectly fine, <laughs> as long as we're doing the thing. And the thing in this deck is passing my commander around to draw two cards. If everyone's doing it and we're having fun, then, you know, I've already won. Like, on turn right. three, you know, I've, I've already won the game. The, no one can do anything to make me lose the game. Um, <laughs> so, you know, this is, this is a deck that I've wanted to brew for a while. I just needed a reason to sit down and do it. Because otherwise it was going to get lumped into uh, a, an order of decks that I do. Because I tend to order decks like four to six at a time. Mm-hmm. It was just going to get lumped into an order. I was just going to copy-paste the pals list and modify it as I wanted to. Uh, but you know, thanks to this group hug episode, I, I you know, spe- specifically held off on Defector for a while. Because I was, I was thinking about it. I knew it was coming up. Uh, and I, was, I pitched it to Dave and Brad. And I was like, hey, is Defector fine? Uh, and Dave was Dave had his hesitations because he's like, we really should have the pals on. I'm like, yeah, but like, I'm going to take it in a little bit different direction. Um, <laughs> even though 
I, I did have the PALS deck list open while I was building it, and I did reference it heavily. I did make some mm-hmm. some pretty relevant game plan changes to, to make it more modern. Sure. So, yeah. I like it. Oh, Dave, you have like 100 decks. Is there a commander you have not been able to make work yet? Uh, yes. Yes. Um, so here's here's a fact about me that may or may not be embarrassing. I... <laughs> I keep all of the decks that I have built on a spreadsheet. I keep a spreadsheet so that I can... And the, the spreadsheet just helps me organize a lot of data on them. Like, I, I can tell you right now that I have 37 red decks. Uh, 11 of those are mono-red. Sure. Um, it helps me track, like, how many of them are things that I consider competitive, how many are, like, super pals meta, like that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a tab in the spreadsheet for, like, commanders that have intrigued me that I haven't put together yet. And that mm-hmm. list has 42 po- possible decks on it. Awesome. A lot of these are decks that I think are going to be super cool. I mean, but like someone else has built them already. And I, 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 I designed a version for it on Moxfield and like, didn't feel like it was different enough from someone else's version to warrant me putting it together myself. Yeah. So that's stuff like dragon mage and Swordjack menace. Some of them are things that I put together lists for, and then just decided that I didn't think it was going to be enough fun to warrant like finding all the cards and putting it together that's yeah. like our win yep. you know so Ken's and smelter i put together a list for and then realized that it was just like basically strictly worse than gut and that felt weird <laughs> um so there are a couple things on this list that i've like i don't have lists for yet mm-hmm. uh but I've, I've been trying to like one of my friends once built a uh shatter gang brothers edh deck where every single card in the deck was illustrated by kev walker amazing who's the artist of shatter gang brothers Mm -hmm. and does terrific work yes and i thought that that was the coolest thing and i i've been very patiently waiting for richard gain ferguson who's my favorite magic artist to do basic lands Mm-hmm. so that I can do this. And in the meantime, I've been looking really hard at Rebecca Gway, who has done basic lands, so yes. that I can maybe do this with her. Uh, Rebecca Gway's, uh doesn't have a lot of multicolored uncommon creatures. Sure. But I've, I've been thinking really hard about trying to do this with the Voldanian Hypnotist. I may someday try to build a 100% white border deck with Savitri Scarzam from That's Chronicles. Blasphemy. Yeah, I love it. Keep Fight talking me about it. I guess. Keep talking. <laughs> I actually did put a list together with that from like all of, all of my favorite nostalgic cards from like fourth edition, like, like fish liver oil and sure like blood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh no, it's terrible. It's <laughs> easily worse. It's substantially worse than my all old border Eson shade deck. So that <laughs> tells you that. The one that I like really really want to make work, and I just don't know what direction to take the deck is Giant Ambush Beetle. Okay. Uh, yeah, I yeah, love yeah. the card. I'm just not sure what to do with it in a Jund deck. Sure. Like my my instinct is just like, well, if if I can force something to block the beetle, then something else is getting through. So like this is a deck for Scaria Elemental and Raging Poltergeist, just the five mana vanilla six ones. Yes. When, but like mm-hmm. I have that deck already. That's my Mardu Rough Rider deck. When all <laughs> like, else fails. Yeah. Load it up with mana rocks and equipment. Call it a day. Yeah, you could do that. Like you could. The, the list that I put together for Giant Ambush Beetle, like a year and a half ago was 
I was like, well, it's in a lot of the poison colors. So what if I, you know, like I could make a poison deck out of this that, that in, you know, in addition to whatever infect nonsense is around, this poison deck could run pit scorpion and marsh viper mm -hmm. and swamp mosquito, like my favorite old poison cards from like, you know, back in the day. And I got really excited about that idea. And then like a month after I put that list together online, new phyrexia got spoiled and i was like oh now there's toxic as well and like if i wanted to make this deck good i just there's no room in it for pit scorpion like why am i even... yeah right mm -hmm. like so still struggling to find a, a good deck for a giant ambush beetle sure yeah that's my extremely long answer to this question <laughs> uh i probably have like a mid-size answer i have a few different things as well like i don't think i'm as organized as having a spreadsheet or anything but i do have an open um, constantly in use notepad on my phone that has like cards i need what i need to do to decks and then like a list of commanders and stuff i want to build and you know all the new stuff that i add to this whole sheet kind of goes on the top so everything at the bottom has been there for a really long time and there's things like uh psychotrope phallid like i would love to build uh, yeah, psychotrope phallid like how fun would that be <laughs> i threw a deck together for that once I believe it. It just looks like a blast. Like if, if yeah. anyone doesn't know, it's three mana one one. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, you put a spore counter on it. Remove three spore counters. You create a one one sapperling, but you can pay one and sacrifice a sapperling to draw a card, and it's mono green. Like come on, that just sounds like a blast. It's five bucks. Like it's probably five bucks because it's good, and it only has one printing. Um, you know stuff like that. Like. Just random stuff that I just have not got around to brewing. Like Dream Pod Druid seems fun, but it also seems like one of those commanders that I would like spend a lot of time brewing and play it once and be like, oh, I guess I'm done with this. Like, you know, like get the most out of it in one one sort of go around. Um, but more recently, you know, I wouldn't mind getting into like a Sanguinary Priest, uh, Whirler Rogue. I was looking at recently again, Watcher in the Spheres, that sort of thing. Is um, Sanguinary Priest the 40k one? Yes. Yep. So, yep, like yep. the aristocrats guy with lifelink. Yeah, it is. I don't remember the text on it, but yeah, it's basically like a an aristocratic one. Uh, it's got lifelink. It's a two four, and yeah, whenever yeah, that's yeah, what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yep. Whenever another creature you control dies, it deals one. The the sanguinary priest deals one damage to any target. So seems fun. Seems cool. It's mono black. So it, I mean, you're gonna be kind of like after three or four games, they're going to all be the same. Like there's not going to be a lot of variety in, in this particular deck, but it still seems fun. I love mono black aristocrats. So one particular commander that <laughs> I still really want to build, even though 99% of the people I tell this to tell me not to build it. I still really want to build it. And that's Colrath Knight. Uh, don't do it. Uh, see, <laughs> it's a trap. I know. See, that's that's like word for word what everybody tells me. It's the five yeah. mana three three with wither <laughs> creatures your opponents control with counters on them can't attack or block, and it's in Rakdos colors. Like, oh. <laughs> I can tell that it's just brutal and oppressive and gross, but I just for some reason I want to play it. I don't know. <sighs> I probably will never build it, but it is fun to think about. Yeah. So, and then. I guess lastly would be more like of a concept. Like I've been the only real EDH deck I have is my uh, devotion to Orzov sort of 
Tessa, like every card in the deck is mentions Orzov or is Orzov watermarked or has Orzov flavor. Like the whole deck is just Orzov devotion, right? I kind of want to do a similar thing in PDH, but for my love of um, horrors, like horror movies, horror, not, not so much movie, but like in magic, my two favorite all-time creature types are horrors and nightmares. And I'm trying to figure out how to build a deck. I don't even care if it's good, but just a deck that incorporates like the horrific side of this game and terrible monsters and nightmares and all this crazy stuff. And I don't know if I want to do like Sphinx of the Guild pack just to have all five colors and just make it a crazy ass deck or if I want to, you know, go Demir or Mono Black, but I definitely want to have some sort of just like emotional tie to a deck and I think that's going to be the closest thing I can make is just something that's just horrific on all accounts. Not necessarily the art, but like the name and the creature type and what it does, like it's just um overall just um terrible terrible creatures and scary stuff. Just build a abomination deck. Right, see, and that, that's on the list of ones to, to think about. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's more of a concept than anything else. But, like, you know, there's Abomination of Llanowar, which is an elf horror. Like, there's a ton to choose from, but uh, I just got to figure out what direction I want to go with it. I don't know if I want to do it five colors to, like, literally include all possible options that I'd like or try to make it somewhat playable and just do, like, Demir or Golgari or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... So that's always on the list. I'm always thinking about that. I'm always, every time there's new cards come out or downshifts or whatever, I'm always looking to see like, what's the new horror? Is there a cool like gold commander, multicolor commander I can use for that or what have you. So yeah. And then like, there's just decks that I took apart and haven't revisited like my Carmella threatened tribal deck and my risen reef deck and just stuff like that, that I would like to rebuild. I would like to sit down and sort of fine tune them better than they were when I took them apart and play them again. Like I do miss playing my Cormella deck, but it was real bad. Like it was not good at all. So I just, I need to put a little more work into that. So it's just not so miserable. And it, it, and what I mean by not good is that like, it wasn't like, Oh, I played Carmella, you know, this weird threatened tribal deck and I lost. Like sometimes it just wouldn't function. So I got to figure out what, what's going on there and, and uh, put it back together to at least a playable status. Yeah. So, yeah, thanks, Scoob, for the uh, question. That's a good one. Yeah. That's one I think about quite often, actually. Uh, I guess we can uh, move on into the outro after that, huh? Yeah. Is there anything else? I'm ready for an outro. I am ready also for an outro. So uh, a few more things before we wrap it up for the week. As usual, if you need more Popper Commander Talk or have any questions about the format, you can always email the show at thepdhpod at gmail.com. You can head on over to the PDH Home Bases website. That'll take you right to their Discord server. You can find the show on Twitter at thepdhpod. Uh, you can find Liam at Popper Command and myself at Popper underscore B. And as always, you can find Dave as the Alcadron pretty much everywhere else PDH is being talked about. And all these links will be down in the... Uh, the uh, show details along with our deck list from today's episode. And then uh, Liam looks like you posted something in our uh, discord. Yeah. Uh, so currently like as I'm reading this uh, and as you're listening to it, hopefully you're listening to it when it drops uh, yep. on Twitter, on Reddit, uh, Popper EDH and in our Patreon only general discord channel, there is a poll that will be ending Sunday night at 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern. Uh, that is Sunday the 22nd, the 23rd. right? 23rd. Oh, today's Thursday. Yep. Uh, yeah, Sunday 23rd. the 23rd. 
uh, where you are voting for future three by three topics. So over the last Yay. week uh, on Twitter only, because that's where polls are easiest to do when you have like 20 options. We ran for about the last week, uh, just looking to just get uh, general information about like what topics people want to hear over others. And now that we have kind of a top four, uh, we're just asking you to vote in these polls uh, about which one of these you want to hear next. So of these top four, uh, it is pretty much guaranteed that you will hear these four topics uh, in the next year or so, uh, probably within the next 12 months. Uh, we sure. just want to know in what order do you want to hear them. Uh, and those four topics are toughness matters, big mana slash ramp, top deck matters, and sacrifice. So the one of those topics will be the topic that we discuss in September. So mm -hmm. yeah, so if you want to like know how how soon that's going to impact that, you know, two months from now is how soon that's going to impact what we're doing. Uh, just another way to get the listeners involved. And yeah, absolutely. You know, if if you only have one of the channels, Reddit or Twitter, uh, you know, by all means vote there. But if you happen to have both Reddit and Twitter, vote on both. If you happen to also be a Patreon, you get an extra vote. So yeah, yeah, that's what that is. Excellent. Sounds great. Yeah, make sure to get those votes in. We love. Um... I don't know. For me personally, I love the three by threes and four by fours. I love the so thematics behind them, the aesthetics behind them. Yeah, it's so much fun. And most of the time, like this is one of the few three by three episodes where I actually had a deck built that fit the criteria. Usually, uh, I have to build a deck based on the 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 type, the archetype or strategy in the three by three, and that's always a blast. Like it gives me a reason and like sort of a deadline to brew a new deck, and that's what I love to do anyway. So we look forward to doing. A whole bunch more of these yeah yeah the, so I, the the poll on twitter had 16 topics that we boiled down to four outside mm -hmm. of that we have uh another series that we're doing so so we just uh next month in august we're going to be wrapping up the macro archetype series which was uh aggro mid-range tempo and control combo and control right so i went Combo and oh, control? Oh, sorry, combo and control, tempo? not tempo and control. Jeez, okay. okay. Aggro, <laughs> mid-range, combo, and control. Control is the one we'll be doing in August. Uh, a yeah. couple months ago, we did a spell slinger, which is also kind of just spells matter. Uh, so we'll be continuing that as a series. We'll be doing a creatures matter, a lands matter, an enchantments matter, and an artifacts matter also throughout the next year. So you can look forward yeah. to those coming up as well. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked about the Lands Matter one. I've never truly, like, brewed a Lands Matter deck, so that's going to be a, a nice little exercise for me. I'm looking forward to that one. Yep. All right. Got anything else? No, I'm, I'm good. Great. All right. I think that's going to wrap up episode 58 of the PDH pod, but we got to give a big thanks to MTG Brad for letting us use their original music for the show and from everyone in here to everyone out there. Brew a deck. Uh, go hug your enemies, and we'll see you in a week. Peace. Cheers. See ya. Text at the party. Pop. I brought proper text at the party.